So, I'm serializing a new book, and I have all of the fear and doubt and concern that I had when I released my first one. You'd think I'd be over this by now, but I'm not. So, if you don't mind, I would like to talk to y'all for a little bit about both the Shadow Phoenix saga and uh, what it's taken to get me here to release it again. In a world of mystery and magic, danger lurks behind every turn and terrible threats lurk in the shadows, unseen by everyone. In the Savras Archipelago, the Windjammer, Maeve Lamborn, needs to land a new patron in the worst way. Low on supplies and desperately needing the armaments to survive the Deskensian threat, she's willing to take any job. A mysterious stranger offers her a simple task for a huge payout. Retrieve a stolen relic. She jumps at what sounds like easy money to reef it and restock her ship. Then she discovers the easier the job, the more it might get them all killed. Check out the Shadow Phoenix Saga on ProjectShadow.com. New episodes every Tuesday. Hello, everyone. My name is Charlie. I am a non-binary sci-fi fantasy author, and yeah i have a new serial coming out it's called the shadow phoenix saga it is available wherever your podcasts are found at least it should be if it's not please let me know and i will correct that right away or you can go over to projectshadow.com and subscribe there this is a big deal for me this is a story that i love a lot and some of you may be like hey charlie the name of this sounds familiar. Ha- haven't you already done this? And the answer is... Yes? I guess. So, yeah. The the current swath of chapters that are coming out... Originally released on Kindle Vela. And... I'm not going to rehash my adventures with Kindle Vela. You can check out either previous episodes of this podcast... Or head over to my YouTube channel and see my ups and downs with the platform. But long story short, they never went wide. They never opened up to anywhere outside of the United States. They did this really weird in-game currency that you had to use to buy the chapters that was a gate to entry that a lot of people just didn't want to do. And I got so frustrated with them that I decided to just pull my stuff down from there and release it this way. So you can either read it over at projectshadow.com or you can go over and listen to it through whatever means you like to listen to your podcasts. And it's really scary doing it this way for a couple reasons. One, I really like this story and I I've learned over the years that the more I like a story, the harder it is for me to actually let it go and put it out into the world. Because 
I don't want people to think bad things about it. I don't want people to not like it. I don't... <laughs> I don't want it to get judged. It's my baby. But... On the other side of things, I get concerned about just putting out anything. As a non-binary trans person, it's a scary time to put anything out there in the world. And I really debated for a long time whether or not I wanted to be doing this. And by this, I mean anything. Anything at all. But I love my stories. And I hope that y'all do too, so I really wanted to put it out. And, yeah, that kind of brings me to some of the weird hiatuses I have had in making videos over on the YouTube channel and over here on the podcast, because it can be really difficult to talk. And don't worry, I, I'm not going to make that the subject of this entire episode, I recently wrote a post over for the Substack that you can find on my other podcast, The Non-Binary Writer, where I talk about this called Paying the Gate, Paying the Queer Tax. And so I'm not going to spend all my time on it, but I have worried a lot about whether or not to talk about this at all, whether to put any of my stuff out there at all. I mean, it's gotten so bad that even our restaurant has started receiving fake zero, you know, one-star reviews because of its connection to a trans person. And that's... That sucks. That really sucks. And I just... I don't know. I don't want to disappear. I don't want to give in to the pressures that are mounting up, but there are a lot of pressures that are mounting up. So, yeah, it, it was difficult to get to this place to actually put out a story and share it with all of you. But I think I think it will be worth the effort and the energy, and I hope, I hope you love these characters as much as I do. I hope you love the story as much as I do. And, I don't know, maybe you would think about supporting the work over at ProjectShadow.com, where... If you signed up for a paid membership, you'll get some perks and stuff there. It's kind of my new Patreon. So the Shadow Phoenix Saga is going to tell the epic tale of the adventures of a group of ragtag heroes as they struggle and strive against the Shadow Phoenix Eterna as she attempts to invade their home. And I really don't know what else to say for spoilers right now. It's been part of the difficulty in talking about this series is there are a lot of spoilers. A lot of spoilers, and I'm trying to let things evolve on their own. Book Zero that we're in right now, The Prelude, Raid, starts us off meeting Maeve Lamborn and her crew on the OSV Buttercup as they are hired by Carlin McGrath to go out and retrieve a relic that was stolen from the Nofrens by the Mephri and return it to them. 
Sounds easy, doesn't it? All good fantasy stories start with a quest that sounds just ever so easy, and then snowballs and grows into other things. You can probably hear my cat in the background. She does this from time to time, but it's been hard for me to record, so I'm just going to roll through it, so I apologize for the kitty noises. I don't even know if they're going to make it through the noise filters, but I'm going to point them out just in case. So yeah, this story has been near and dear to my heart for a while. You may have heard me talk about the murder radishes and the magical furries. Yeah, that's the setting. This is my epic fantasy world where I am striving and struggling to create a fantasy setting that is free from the cis-heteronormativity that we find in a lot of other fiction. And uh, like with capitalism, where it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism, it's almost easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of cis-heteronormativity because we're just baked in it. It's just everywhere. And so in trying to come up with a series and a setting where that is not even a little bit there, uh, I don't, I'm not going to say that I have necessarily succeeded because I want y'all's feedback. We have blind spots. We all have blind spots where we think that we're doing the right thing. We think that we're doing the good thing and we, we done messed up. And in so many ways, that's one of the main themes of the Shadow Phoenix saga. It's a lot of people who believe they're doing the right thing, who are really trying to do the right thing, to be the heroes that they, in their heart, long to be, but don't have all the information that they need and keep making mistakes. And uh, I, I hope you love the story as much as I do. Now, I'm not vain enough to believe that there's anything original here. I'm pretty sure you could find antecedents for everything that I've done somewhere else in someone else's fiction. Because there's just so much out there. But I have stri strived, striven, I've worked really hard to not use many, if not most, of the magical species that one gets used to finding. With the exception of humans, I created all of the ethnic groups and species that we're going to be meeting from the wonderful Tugwaddles to the Sadas to the Nefrir. And I only included humans because I felt like there had to be humans in the story. Though, as we progress, they actually become less and less dominant in the tale. But of course, there are dragons, because there have to be dragons. And there are, there are some more recognizable characters, creatures in the story. But I wanted it to be a queer, queer story. And I'm kind of proud in that I feel like I succeeded in that. I'm not sure. I don't think we can ever be sure. But at least in my heart of hearts, I feel like I did it. And that has to count for something, right?
it's a really interesting experience writing queer fiction when your community is under this kind of attack. The things that have been happening, Tennessee has outlawed drag, and my own state is about to outlaw cross-dressing. Yeah, it, it will soon be illegal to dress in clothing not fit for your assigned gender at birth here in Missouri. So, that'll be fun, won't it? And it feels almost frivolous writing fiction through all this. It feels almost frivolous doing anything with all of this going on. But we have to remember, at least I have to remember, that we all have a role to play. I am not the most physically fit person in the world. I have knee trouble. I've got back trouble. Walking is not the easiest thing in the world for me. So being out on the streets, marching, protesting, all of that is not the easiest thing for someone like me to do. But I do have a voice. I have some talents, I hope. (laughs) I've been told that they're talents. And so the best thing that I can do is use them and try my best to make these stories as powerful as I can, to make these worlds as real as I can, and to put my voice out into the universe as best as I can in hopes that it will matter to someone. Because there's a lot that needs to be done in the fight. There's a lot that needs to be done in the struggle for equality, or at least non-discrimination, which I would take at the moment. Not like eternally, but you know, it'd be nice to have a break. And if my fiction does nothing, then give a little bit of respite to a queer activist. That's good. People need to refresh restore, and develop resilience. If my fiction can help somebody who has to hide and be in the closet, even for a second, feel a little bit more themselves because they got to read a queer book, I did my part. If my fiction can change someone's mind and help them see queer people as people, then again, I've done my part. We have to find our own place in the struggle for equal rights and do that to the best of our ability. Not everyone is built in a way that we can be out there on the streets protesting, marching, pushing forward the agenda in that way. And look, I'm going to just embrace the agenda. I mean, the agenda is very simple. It's, could you please treat me as a human, please? Please, and thank you. With a cherry on top. 
maybe even some whipped cream. It's nothing more nefarious than that. Wanting to be treated equal. Whew, that that riles some people up, doesn't it? But yeah, I just want to do my part. And I have no illusions that I'm doing a big part. But we don't have to always be doing the big part. We just have to do our part. And as long as each of us is doing our part, then we'll get there in the end. See, the thing that they're trying to do is to shut us down, to silence us, to make us quiet. And if they succeed in that, they win. And we can't let them succeed in that. So even with as little energy as I have, with as little strength as I have, I'm going to push through and we're going to get there. Writing is always a bit tricky and being yourself can be hard. And in a lot of ways, that is what this story is about. So I I went through and thought about a lot of my favorite tropes in fantasy fiction and how I could maybe play around with them and do something special. And one of the ones I despise, one of the ones that I hate most, is the whole, the power was within you the whole time. And I'm not saying that there isn't a a fun way to use that, but a lot of those were kind of used up in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, but you had the power to go home all along. Like, why why didn't you tell me that earlier, Glenda? Glenda? Huh? Just using me and my friends as a hit squad against your frenemy there? But, anywho. Yeah. So, a lot of what this series is, is kind of a deep exploration of this idea that the power was in you all along, except for we're not going to wait to the end of the books. It's not going to wait to the end of the series to get there. You see, to me, the thing that makes queer fiction queer is not just having characters that are attracted to people of the same gender or multiple genders. It's not merely having trans characters in there, though that is that is a really important thing if you're going to have queer fiction. But it's this very notion that is at the heart of queer culture that our power is within us. Our power is who we are and that we are not going to let anyone take it from us. When I think of the powerful speeches of Sylvia Rivera just defiantly shouting, screaming at the world, not just to the cis straight people that hated her, but to the queer cis people that were sidelining her, even though she was one of the first people in the fight. Yeah, this is who we are. 
This is where our power comes from. It's from being ourselves, bold and unapologetic, being who we are without fear of consequence. Now, I'm not saying that if you're afraid, you're bad at being queer. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is the movement, the thing that has made us who we are, the culture that has gotten us to where we are, and the, pow- and the power that we have found within it, has always been one of defiance, of standing up straight and looking people in the eye and saying, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. That's the power of who we are. Looking back at slogans like silence equals death, which I've talked about a lot over the years because it's one that means so much to me, not just for AIDS activism, but I think for all of us, silence equals death. How many of our queer siblings have gone into the grave because they were so silent for so long and no one knew that they were suffering? How many of us have been lost because of silence at all levels of society? Queerness is about standing up, about being yourself, about being defiant about who you are. And I really have tried hard to bake that into these stories. To make it a part, a core part of who these characters are and how they actually approach their various uh, issues. There's a certain level of unapologetic defiance and... I don't know how to say some of this without spoilers, but radical acceptance of people for who and what they are that is core to everything in the stories that I'm telling right now that we desperately need as a culture and as a society. I don't want to give the wrong impression. I don't want anybody to think that I am trying to go for sympathy or the, oh, woe is me. Because I'm not. (laughs) I'm really not. I have it a lot easier than a lot of people out there. I'm not Abigail Thorne or Jesse Earl who are just getting hate from every corner for no good reason. And there's so many other names that I can mention, but I'm not, that's not what this is today. This is not a long list of people that are being unfairly attacked, even though Sophie from Sophie from Mars just got unfairly attacked in the British press again. Yeah, it's, it's difficult and it just... When you know that there's a good chance that if you stick your head up above water, it's going to get chopped off. You you ask yourself, do I want to stick my head up? Do, Do I want to do that? But the other option is drowning. 
Do I want to drown? No. I, I don't want to do either. So we can swim around in hopes of finding a place where it's safe to put our heads up or we can spring out of the waters like Namor and try to try to get some of our own peace and justice but even that feels so far away sometimes even that feels so far away and it's going to be a long road none of us believes anything other than that but we'll get there and so more than anything I want to be putting hope punk out into the world I want my characters facing insane if not impossible seeming odds and I want them to be able to push through all of that with a hope that just won't die See, the problem that I have with grimdark fiction is that it tells us to just give up. Grimdark is a tool of control to get us to accept things as they are. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's ever going to get better. Nothing's going to improve. Just accept that everything is horrible and move on give in to the power and the powerful and let them have what they want. And I'm not here for that. I'm not here for that. Look, can we make changes? Yes. Are they slow sometimes? Most of the time, yes. Are they painful to get to? Yes. Are they hard to reach? Yes. But nothing that is worth doing in life is easy. And while yes, that is a cliche, it's a cliche because it's true. I'm against this grimdark bullshit that has been forced on us over and over and over again by so many that just want us to put our heads down and accept the suffering, to accept the pain. I'm not going to do that. And I hope that you don't do that either. Is life hard? Yes, life is hard. But there's always hope. There's always something to strive towards. There's always something to work towards. And if we're not striving, if we're not pushing, if we're not cultivating an active living hope, which is not some feeling that can be taken away from us, but a concrete idea of where we want to get to, that gets us up every day and motivates us to move forward, we're never going to get to where we want to go. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it's tricky to get to where we want to get to. But if we're not fighting, we'll never get there. And the powers that be don't want us in the struggle. They don't want us pushing back against any of their whims and desires. So we just got to push anyway. So yeah, 
this may not have been the best way for me to promote the book in the series, but it's the way that I felt was most appropriate because it is really hard for me to be that person who jumps up and down and does the whole, hey, hey, look at me, look at me, when there's so much going on in the world right now. So, yeah, hey, look at what I did. It's over at ProjectShadow.com or in your podcast app, The Shadow Phoenix Saga. I hope you like it. But, you know, subscribing to the podcast, either for the free or the paid version, is not going to save the world, even though I, you know, wish I could do that with my fiction. So, yeah, stay in the fight. This, this book, this work, this podcast, well, these podcasts, if you're not following my other podcast, The Non-Binary Writer, you might want to head over there and check that one out as well. This is how we fight. This is how I fight. This is the energy and strength that I have. And I know some of my opinions are going to be not popular. I've got an episode I've been toying about for a while about a specific special episode of The Last of Us that I am just shocked at how many people liked it when at least my husband and I and everyone that we've talked to about it found it extremely problematic. So probably going to be doing an episode about that. And yeah, I I realize a lot of this is not going to be popular, but I'm going to have to just start letting this stuff off my chest because that's why I started this podcast in the first place was to have a place to talk, to air these thoughts that I didn't hear expressed in other places. And as always, I am struggling because I turned this into a weekly podcast so that I would have time to do other things. And this used to be a daily and there's a big part of me that's wondering if I should go back to daily Because there's just so much going on that a lot of times it's hard for me to put an episode out because I have Three Stooges Syndrome where everything's trying to get through the door at the same time. And if I were recording dailies again, I would have the space for for that. I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I would love to hear from you all. Let me know what you think. I'm going to put a post over at ProjectShadow.com, a thread post. For comments on this episode over there, so definitely head on over and let me know what you all think, where you're coming from on this, because uh, the frustration is real in all things. And I hope you like the other work that I'm doing. It's been really, really busy. I took a job last year that I did not think would be taking up as much time as it has been. And also, it has inspired me to do a lot more other work. And so that's been eating up a bunch of my time, too. And if you're curious about that stuff and the more mystical, magical side of what I do, you can check me out at Creations Paths Everywhere. But including creationspaths.com, where I'm putting a lot of stuff over there as well. Not to mention the YouTube channel and stuff for that. It's been a lot going on. And I just want to say thank you for everybody who has 
not only stayed with me through all of this, but who has been showing their support and helping me to keep this stuff coming for you. I do highly recommend, though, if you are someone who has supported me either through Patreon or any of the others, that you move that over to projectshadow.com. One, I get a larger percentage of the money that you're giving, so less of your gifts go to the ether on that. But also, that's where I'm going to be delivering a lot of additional content. So, for example, for the Shadow Phoenix Saga podcast, every episode of the story is free, but is joined with a companion episode where I go on a deep dive into that chapter, into why it was written, why things happened the way they did, just a full behind-the-scenes the episode for each chapter. So definitely check that out if that's something that you're interested in. But yeah, I have a new story out. I hope you all like it. Until next time, my name's Charlie, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.